The following program is part of the Inner Circle Podcasting Group. Go to innercircle.com for more high-quality podcasts. This is Comics Therapy, episode 86. No reviews, just analysis. I'm Aaron Myers, and my co-host, as always, is Andrea Shockling. Up this week are three comics from September 2nd, 2015. Plutona, number one, Mockingbird, number one, and Toil and Trouble, number one. Just as a reminder, since it's been a while since we've said it, we never do reviews, but we do talk a lot, so there may be spoilers ahead. Aaron, it sounds like you got a lot of extra sleep while we were out of commission. Oh, I just didn't have to worry about you constantly. Awesome. Welcome to Comics Therapy. Neither Aaron nor I are licensed therapists, so don't take anything we say seriously. This week's theme is, appropriately, starting from scratch. We took two months off this summer, and I really want to thank everybody for being awesome during a very difficult time for me. But I'm back, and the show is back. And I have no idea if it's going to be like riding a bike or like learning a new language. Actually, knowing Aaron, it's going to be like trying to learn a new language while riding a bike down a street full of potholes with fire. This week, we picked three first issues just to hit the proverbial hammer even harder. And because nothing reminds me of old times more than arguing with Aaron over gender roles and representation in the media, all three titles feature a diverse lineup of strong, complicated, vulnerable, messy, passionate female characters. You know, like actual people. Are the potholes full of fire? Well, it could be the street. Like the streets on fire? I don't know, Aaron. Well, this is your scenario. Like, what what language are you learning, too? Something really complicated that is constantly passive-aggressive. I'm just trying to envision this, like, flaming street that, like, are you wearing short, like, pants? Like, how are you... I did not get into what I was wearing as I was riding the bicycle. Why does it always have to be about appearance when we talk about women? In between shows, you can find me on Twitter, at Aaron Myers, and Andrea at Andrea Shock. The show account is at Comics Therapy. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, so nice to hear from you. Really? Sure. Did you miss me? I mean, yes, we've talked. Should we, like, keep up the facade of us not talking except for... <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time, like, I get a telegram <laughs> notifying me when I should open up Skype. Is it what... a singing telegram? Sometimes, yeah. It depends like on, like, what you... Like musical theater? You send it, so it's whatever you want to spring for. Awesome. <laughs> or some sort of third-party intermediary who brokers this exchange or something. The crow flies at dawn. <laughs> Therefore, we know what time we're recording. It's very clandestine. And now we're on opposite coasts, so coordinating the crows is even more of a pain in the ass. Yep, and since your people had to kill off all the carrier pigeons, it's really made it a lot harder. My people? Uh Uh-huh. White people. Killed off all the carrier pigeons? Uh Uh-huh. It's actually a story that I don't know. Yeah, they used to be massively abundant in the United States. They were one of the most, you know, abundant birds, and they were all punted to extinction. Cool, like the dodo. Um, yeah, I think the dodo, the problem with the dodo was it wasn't very smart and it was just super easy to kill. And what was the problem with the carrier pigeons? Sort of like the buffalo. Just, you know, people are good at killing stuff that they want to kill. But there's totally buffalo. I saw them when I was driving across the country. But there almost weren't. But there are. Well, are there? Yeah, I saw... Buffalo. I saw more than one buffalo. I saw a single moose, but I saw many buffalo. That is, that's good to hear. So you've been across this country of ours? I have. I drove across the country the sixth and seventh time of my life this summer. That's a lot of, a lot of times driving across the country. I like America, unlike some people. <laughs> you just love to be on the road. 
<laughs> um, I don't mind it. Like, legitimately, I don't mind it at all. Uh, it's pretty. It's, in fact, some of it is fucking spectacularly gorgeous. Hmm. But other parts are, man, Nebraska's pretty useless. Wow, that's that's mean. What about all our friends in Nebraska? All of our friends are in Omaha. That's really not the same. Isn't that in Nebraska, though? I mean, It is, look. but it's like an oasis. You, it almost even sounds like Omaha Oasis. <laughs> mm. And it's all the way on the other side. So when you're driving west to east, you have to go through all of Nebraska. And Omaha's like a reward at the end. Oh, okay. So you had fun in Omaha. Yeah, Omaha was actually pretty fabulous. Yeah. Great. So that's that's what you've been doing the last two months. You just kind of took a couple of months just to find yourself, drive across the nation, back and forth. No, that's not what I was doing. Oh. I mean, that is, there was driving. There was, I, I'm not going to call it finding myself. That sounds like a very spiritual or existential journey, neither of which applies. Hmm. Did you uh, find your stuff? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I actually move into my new place this coming week, so hopefully my stuff finds me. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. What if it doesn't? What if it's a fresh, completely fresh start? That's kind of just like this podcast. Yeah, except, like, I, I could have a new co-host or something. That would be awkward. Yeah, I mean, it would be a fresh start. I would, I would be mildly annoyed to not get all of my books back. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of pieces of furniture, like my beautiful bookcases, that I will miss. I really like my bed, and I'm looking forward to having that back. And some other clothes, besides the ones that I have in the two small bags that I brought with me, that will be exquisite. But, you know, the rest of it is just stuff. Replaceable. Well, it's all replaceable. Just some of it is more sentimental than others. Hmm. I don't know if I could start fresh i have too much unique stuff well sometimes you have to sometimes that's true so so you moved across country correct for moved across the country fun and profit for fun. <laughs> i would not use either of those words in this situation okay moved across the country got into pittsburgh in time to say goodbye to my mom mm -hmm. and she died in july and then we hung out here for a bit, took some time with family, and I went back to California to properly say goodbye there and bring the rest of the stuff. Because as it turns out, when you are trying to hurriedly get from one place to the other, you, if you're me, are not able to take care of all of the little things. But it's fine. We have family there too, and they were very helpful and awesome. The, the through line for my two-month hiatus is that, like, everybody is awesome. Oh. Super great people who were very helpful and very supportive. And then I started the second drive, because we had two cars. Both of them have to be back here in Pittsburgh. And since I am recording this from Pittsburgh, skip to the end. I made it. I did it. It was good. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about those, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, do but, you feel like the second drive, like, coming back to California and picking up the car and saying that goodbye, like, do you feel, do you feel you had enough time to do that? I mean, it's a mm. lot, it's a lot of losses. No, no. I, I mean, part of it is because I haven't moved into my new place yet. And so this still feels like an extended time away from my home. Right. Because I don't have like a new home. Right. And that is hard. Like, living out of a suitcase is living out of a suitcase, whether it's in a familiar place or not. Mm -hmm. And I haven't lived in my parents' home since I was 18. And I've been mostly here. I've been, like, a bit other places on and off. And then, obviously, there, were, there was time driving and, and time away when I was in California again. But it's still... I don't know. It's fucking bullshit, Aaron. The whole thing is really surreal. It's awful, like, 90% of the time. And hopefully it will be slightly less awful 
next week and slightly less awful the following week. And so maybe 90% turns into 80% by, I don't know, next year sometime. It, yeah. It seems like it's pretty much always going to be awful or aspects of it will always be awful. I think it probably is. It's just your brain learns to like hit the breaker faster. Yeah, I guess it, it, my brain is not, it's like a bit slow on the uptake still. So there are so many unpredictable things that are triggers in like the true sense of the word, because the explosion that happens afterwards is like, what the fuck? Where did that even come from? And like, how do you turn it back off? So I guess that that is a, that is both a immediate and temporary coping mechanism. But you're right. Like there's lots of, there's lots of loss and that is such a yucky word because it has like such finality behind it. But like some of the things that I'm putting back together don't ever get to go back together the way that they were before. So Mm -hmm. there is some finality to that. Um, But yeah, at least on the other side, I am here and like comics, right? (laughs) They're good. um, They're a good escape. They're a good distraction. And even though I have to say that some of the, some of the emotion around comics this summer was like really hard for me to balance also. And I ended up filtering it out almost completely because, because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't balance. Like I had too many emotions. Like everything is big right now. All of my responses are like that. So if it's somebody else's problem about uh, a fictional character, like sometimes maybe a little bit, I need to step aside and be like, <laughs> you know what? I've got my own life stuff right now. And it doesn't mean that I don't agree. It doesn't mean I, that I don't sympathize. It doesn't mean that I don't want what's best for everybody times infinity. I just can't fight all of the battles all of the time. Well, it's a hierarchy of needs. Truly. <laughs> it's a, look, if you got time to sit at your desk and tweet all day about injustices in comics, everything else is probably going pretty okay. Or it's not, and that's your own way of dealing with your <laughs> sure, shit. Sure, And that's cool, too. It's just that I learned this summer that that cannot be for me right now. That's not my way of dealing with any of my shit, because <laughs> there's too much shit, really. <laughs> there's just... There's a lot. I think so. that's that's probably healthy, too, because it, it is easy to push aside the problems of real life by throwing yourself into problems that are far less, you know, personally yeah. impactful. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, there's, like, that can be really helpful because that separation gives you time to, like, heal uh, with your own personal shit. And, mm-hmm. and so I have nothing but admiration for the people who can, uh, I guess, disassociate in a way or, or, or re reestablish those boundaries in a way that I just cannot right now. Mm-hmm. So it was a really big thing for me to recognize that it was not helping me <laughs> in any way to watch some of the drama unfold and like get involved and caught up in it. But again, it doesn't mean that I don't like really believe in a lot of the things that are being discussed with the industry right now. I I just can't like <laughs> this is really big for me, Aaron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is me actually saying like I need to put myself first. Holy fucking shit. And like actually taking action to do that. Yeah, this is this is weird. It's like I don't even know who you are anymore. Well, that's kind of the point is that I didn't either for too long. So, hey, I'm Andrea. You want to talk about some comics? I guess we, <laughs> we can try. <laughs> See how it goes. It's gonna be great. My my summer was okay. Thanks for asking. Oh what, my god, Aaron. <laughs> whatever. I know you've had it tough, but our washing machine broke, and it took uh, two months to get it fixed. That's true. So I, it's been a I, little rough here, too. 
I do. I I sympathize with your wife mostly. Oh yeah. Who, who handled that personal tragedy? She did. She did, and she was fucking awesome at getting it resolved. I'm sorry that it took so long, but man, once she like let the floodgates of hellfire loose, <laughs> uh, that that is um, that's another kind of of. Uh, admiration that i have for people who get shit done with their anger right so um, i mean all i'm saying is you're not the only one with problems thanks thanks for helping me put it all into perspective (laughs) you're welcome i'm glad my personal tragedy can help you grow as a person with your lack of washer yeah washing machines are a pretty big deal when you have two little kids oh aaron (laughs) yeah and the jokes they just write themselves and you know i almost have too many comics right now so I'm dealing with some space issues in the comic book room. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I ke- I've been keeping this to myself because you've obviously been very wrapped up in whatever you've got going on. So I've just sorry been... for monopolizing all of the problems. Yeah, I've just you know whatever. It's fine. This is your time. Oh man, but I missed you. Just remember, other people have stuff going on in their lives too. Andrea, bring down your sorrow a notch. Yeah. My fucking washer is broken, and I don't have enough room for comics. Yeah. So just, you know, keep that in mind next time I you want will. to throw yourself a pity party. I will. I totally will. All right, good. Well, then we can talk about comics now. Awesome. Now that we've established that you have feelings, too. Yeah, that I'm a person and my feelings matter. Cool. All right. Let's go. Our first book this week is Plutona Number 1, with a story by Emmy Lennox and Jeff Lemire. Jeff wrote the script, and Emmy did the art, and Jordi Belair did the colors. Lettering is by Steve Wands. Plutona is a four-issue miniseries published by Image Comics. So I didn't do summaries for any of these. Not because I can't, but because they're all first issues. So there's a certain amount of expected uh background information that we try to bring to the conversation, but these are all new and intentionally so. So I think most of what I want to talk about with all three books is like first impressions, but also the way that first impressions from other people's experiences can influence ours. Okay, sure. So I I, I honestly can't remember if it was a, if it was an article or if it was a tweet or if it was Maybe it was the solicit, but at some point I read the phrase, the body meets river's edge as a description for this book. Mm -hmm. The body being the novella, the Stephen King novella that uh, Stand By Me is based on. Mm -hmm. And I was really irritated (laughs) because that is, that is a quite accurate phrase to apply to this i would throw in a little bit of breakfast club just in the way that we introduce this like variety of of archetypical characters sure yeah but i spent the entire first time i read this issue uh because i read it i read it twice just because i felt like it was um like that first experience was unduly influenced with my irritation i spent the entire time being like okay fine so when are they gonna find the body and mm. some of that is, uh, like, that's how we're introduced to the story. Like, we see, we see Plutona's body. It's the very first image that we see. And so it's not a surprise. And so this issue of, like, what is a spoiler? And, like, how much of, how much of a big deal is it when you try to... I guess when you try to like boil the essence of a story down into a pithy statement like the body meets river's edge, are you doing a disservice to the book or like do we get too wrapped up in the art of the reveal? Hmm. I see it's tough because I have a much different reading schedule than I think the average person would. Like, Mm -hmm. for a four-issue miniseries, probably most people are just going to buy the trade because it's four issues, just buy it all collected, right? But, and a lot of people will probably look at the back or or solicit and see, like, okay, well, what is this? But 
for me, it's like we got the preview PDFs. I don't even, I never look at, I rarely, I, like I, the only time I might glance at them is in the previews book when I'm pre-ordering mm-hmm. things. Mostly I'm just like, okay, what is the, what does the art kind of look like and who's making it? That's and typically. You're saying like, that's your, that's what you did three months ago. Yeah. When... I just saw Emmy Lennox and Jeff Lemire. I'm like, okay, I'll get that. I don't okay. care what it's about. I mean, it was it was also announced at Image Expo, so that it wasn't a surprise. Yes, but I I I never really look at solicits, and if I do, they don't burn. Like it just kind of passes through. Like I don't really remember them later on. Okay. Especially since we do have like a three month buffer between it, so it it was not like seared into my my recent memory of this is what this is going to be about. So the point is that that phrase you like you didn't read that anywhere. If I did, I didn't remember it. I had no idea what the book was about when I opened it up. Were you... Okay, that's fascinating. Then then did were you waiting for them to find her also? No. Is that I, just I a, like a natural thing? I actually didn't know what was going to happen at the end. Well, so now I'm like extra intrigued and and will want to, to hear from, I guess, people from either either side of the experience spectrum who who knew that that was coming or who anticipated that that was coming just because of the the preview or because of the anything that they had read in advance versus somebody who picked it up and and had like a truly like authentically unbiased experience reading it yeah i think what your reaction and and that experience is probably much more common than like what i do but so that, that's what then forced me to go back and read it a second time mm-hmm. because I was, I was pretty annoyed with myself for being, for letting that mean so much for, for basically like self-spoiling my own reading enjoyment. Like yeah, I'm the not, one who tainted it. It's not an unfair reaction. I mean, the pre-internet like you would just go like as a kid we could we would just go down to the store and buy the next issue of whatever and if there's something like holy crap Gwen Stacy died I didn't know that was going to happen because who how would you know you just had to wait for the next that issue to come out so how much does it matter though like how much is that reveal when you start to experience a story like how valuable is is that I think I can think of certain like films that that still years later the reveal is like not spoiled whenever it comes up. It, still if people reference the crying game, they do not talk about the reveal. There are tons of movies like that and I think I think there are probably novels like that. I'm trying to think if there no, are any people talk about the I... reveal in the crying game. I've never seen the crying game and I know what happens in it. That doesn't mean that you can't find it. I mean that often, if it is written about, like from a more academic standpoint, it's danced around. Oh, sure. Like there's right. a, there's a. But that, but that, that's a crux of the movie. That that reveal, is, you know, that that's the that's the pinnacle. That that seals. That's the true. Whole thing as together. opposed to in the body, where it's the premise. Or like, like the whole boys point don't cry is, or something like that. You know? Sure. So the whole point of the body is that the kids are, <laughs> they're searching for the body, hence the name. Right. So that, f- for me, that that gave away what was going to happen. So it was not, it was an expected conclusion to the first issue of Plutona. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, as soon as Mike disappeared, I knew that that's where he was going to be found. Right. And that's not me... Like being particularly story savvy, that that's the setup. And so my my question is like, does what's the trade off? Like, like is anything lost by knowing that going into it? Here here's how I would I would break it down. So you have four issues. The first issue you you hook the story. Here's the conceit. Here's the setup. The body right. You don't know what issue four is going to bring. If, no, if, not at all. If the hook for issue four is spoiled in the solicit, then then you have a right to be more upset. Because you know the conclusion of the story, not 
not the setup, you know, issue one is really setting the stage now for the next three issues, which in theory, you know, if you, if you have any experience from reading stories, you know, the next three issues are going to twist the conceit of the setup in a way you're not, hopefully not expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. None of this is, is bad storytelling. I, that's, that's what I mean when I say that I, I went back because I was more irritated with myself for for letting that like it wasn't it wasn't a fun first read yeah. because I was like, oh man, I already know this. This is gonna be and I stopped and I said, wait a second, like why 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 do you read comics? It's <laughs> half the time, at least with superhero books, it's just a forum for exploring what these character patterns are going to look like this particular time. Like, it's not shocking or surprising. Mm. It's it's an exploration of, like, it, character interaction. It can interaction. still be done. It's just, the problem is you have to media blackout yourself. So, like, from recent memory, I would say Spider-Man 700 was, like, the last, like, whoa, kind of thing. Sure, but was anybody on the planet able to avoid that? Like, that was covered in... No, I read it, and I knew there were things out there spoiling it, but you can... I mean, it's it's maybe unrealistic to expect people, at least our generation, and maybe Mm -hmm. even, like, within a 10-year span, to have the technical savvy to be able to kind of screen and tailor their their new new sources so they don't well especially have if, it, if it's covered in in mainstream media there's no there's no hope whatsoever oh i would say if it's covered in mainstream media the majority of younger people don't see it so it doesn't really matter no i mean like that's in addition to all of the other places if it if it also like spider-man 700 also trickled all the way down into mainstream media like that's how pervasive the coverage was yes right so I'm I'm saying you would have to be media blackout is not an exaggeration in that kind of situation. That's not what happened with Plutona. No. And and I I think I came around to the fact that it doesn't actually matter anyway. Like I need to kind of let that hang up go. That's a product of the direct market system that the comics industry is built around right now mm-hmm. and and it's also what it means to be connected to the community online people are going to have conversations about things in advance and they're going to have conversations about it on the day of release and i can opt out of that if it if it matters if it even matters if that's gonna be something that i feel like inhibits my enjoyment of the of the story right which ultimately it didn't because like i got the fuck over myself and read it a second time i was like right on Okay, cool. I'm in. I'd like to see the rest of this. But you also might see people taking more care as time goes on, too, because the direct market isn't going away anytime soon. Solicits mm-hmm. still have to be done. To really look at the solicit and say, does this entice someone to order this without without spoiling what this, the, the story will reveal? Like the, the fun, key, you know, cliffhangers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about the way that other readers order their books i only like i know how you do it and i know how a handful of other people do it and i know the completely mass backwards way that i do it i mean the 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 reality is most people don't pre-order their books right so a lot of the time like previews is more for stores you know in a lot of ways but in terms of like the content that's in the solicit yeah, I mean, it, it's true. People, Some people look at it, but most people don't pre-order. They might look at it, like, on the Image website if they're doing digital or something like yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's a, I think it it's was somebody else's hype. I think it was a tweet, or it was like, hey, you should totally check out Plutona. It's like the body meets River's Edge, man. It was great. And so I think it was, it was somebody else's, whether that was actually, uh, that had come from the creators initially. I think that my... Like, my hearing that was, like, secondhand. Mm-hmm. But, and I also know that that is such an easy way. It's like a cop-out in and of itself to boil down a new 
something new to boil it down into its most readily apparent influences or homages or or whatever it, it just like it's it's a half-assed uh like elevator pitch mm-hmm. yeah so it has its purposes but in this case i got tripped up with it too much and but it it made me think a lot about like what is what is a spoiler for me is not necessarily a spoiler for other people and vice versa and like at the end of the day how much how much of a quote-unquote reveal, like, in this issue is... How much of that surprise is actually necessary? And I, I like, I haven't come to a conclusion. I just have been mulling it over. Well, let's mull over our next book. Awesome. In a few moments, you will have an experience which will seem completely real. It will be the result of your subconscious fears transformed to your conscious awareness. You have five seconds to terminate this tape. Our second book this week is Mockingbird number one, supposedly a one-shot published by Marvel Comics that contains two stories. The first is about Mockingbird, and it's written by Chelsea Kane and drawn by Joelle Jones. Coloring is by Rochelle Rosenberg, and lettering is by Joe Caramanga. The second story introduces Red Widow. It's written by Margaret Stoll and drawn by Nico Leone. Coloring is by Andre Smosa and lettering is by Travis Lanham. I think everybody, speaking of the internet, knows that this book was super fun by now. There was there was definitely like an outpouring of positive energy around around Mockingbird, uh, especially because of the art. So that's pretty rad. Yes, it seems hopefully that Joel Jones is finally getting the recognition she deserves. She's so fucking awesome. It's crazy, like, it, it's insane <laughs> that she's, I mean, she's done a lot of stuff, but it's mostly independent things. It's like, she doesn't have, I don't know if this is, it's, it goes back to the, one of those things of like, well, if you haven't worked art for DC or Marvel, have you made it? And Yes. <laughs> yes, but it seems like you don't get that wide attention until you do. I don't know, man. That's like a whole different conversation, and I'm not sure that I want to go down that path today, but... Uh, Regardless, I think... Joel Jones has done a lot of stuff, and if you liked the art in this, go buy basically everything she's ever worked on. Well, and we've talked about Lady Killer before, and, and that's Lady Killer is coming back, and that's also really exquisite, so... I, I agree, Yay. but it's the kind of difference between... You know, Lady Killer is popular, but it still only has, like, a print run of, you know, 15,000 or something. I think it is very much in the eye of the beholder. What defines success? What defines making it? What kind of investment in your artistic future do you want to make? And it's a personal decision and, you know, whatever. This, this story, this Mockingbird number one uh like sort of half issue from what i have read it was not it it's it's like a teaser it's not it doesn't indicate that there's going to be a whole series behind this i think it's a pretty safe bet that there will be because they're also developing a solo tv show for the character i thought that that had already been squashed is it i thought so i don't know dude I may have mentioned that I've been a little bit preoccupied this summer. No, it's been it's back and forth, but I think that is greenlit, that they're working okay. on it. So it might be a year before we get another, mm. uh, you know, a regular series or something. I don't, I don't think Also, with no guarantee of this same creative team. But, sure. But I think that Mockingbird's resurgence is de- directly related to that character being featured in uh, Fraction and Aja's Hawkeye. Uh, like no, it's the TV show. It's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Why? There's other stupid shit in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that has not come into the comics. Because and, she's and... a super popular character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's why they, yeah, they're even doing a show solo me, show. Show me how that that feeds back into comics. Like, for real. Uh, okay, I mean, really? Because that's the whole Marvel... That's the Marvel integration model now. And that's the whole reason for the Secret Wars reboot. Is to streamline the Marvel Comics universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe together. Corporate okay. corporate synergy. Whatever. Sorry, I'm right. 
Yeah, but you know what? She was in she was in Hawkeye before she was in Agents of Shield. So <laughs> Chelsea, I can be you're right. right. That that is two also, different things. Also, the characterization in the comic and the the television show have nothing to do with one another. Um, I don't think I mean, so. It, I think it's I think seriously. They're... It's like Hawkeye and Hawkeye, not the same. I don't think so. Hmm. Whatever. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't seem uncharacteristic of the of the the TV show character. Okay. I mean, it. I don't know how into Shield you are. <laughs> the the comic or no, the, the, the show. television show. The show. Uh, let's see. I did not. I did not pick up watching after Agent Carter ended. So the whole second half of what was the second season. Okay. All right. So it's safe to say you're not a diehard fan. Yeah, it's definitely safe to say that. Anyway, we could argue about that or we could talk about the comic. (laughs) Uh, This is another one, though, that there was a lot of chatter about it online. And that's good. That's positive. That's like... You know, everybody wins talking good stuff about comics, except that I, it was it was like a saturation point for me Yeah. where I I had to like remove myself from it because I hadn't read the fucking book yet. Right. So a statement like the body meets River's Edge is one thing, but the multiple page preview that was released that generated a lot of hype in a good way, plus the the talking that occurred on like Wednesday when the book came out, like lots of sharing of really gorgeous art. And I get that. It's so stunning. But um, I had to, I had to step back and, and again, kind of rethink for me, like what, what do I need when I start to read a series? What is a spoiler and what isn't? And like how much of this exposure before I have a chance to sit down and, and kind of control my experience, how much of that exposure is, is overexposure. Can I share, like, so, I mean, not not that it's a, a big deal or anything like that, but I kind of take Wednesdays seriously, and I prep a lot for them. And, no kidding. Well, yeah. So, but part of that goes to what we're discussing, though, of, like, if I'm going to say a, a 140 character statement about a book that I liked that comes out on Wednesday... And I, and I include a panel from it. I, I spend a pretty decent amount of time looking for something that looks cool that might make somebody go like, oh, I, maybe I want to check that out without revealing something about the story. And that's I know you do that. Yeah, I know, but it's, I've, I, there have been times where I think I've screwed up, too, where I didn't really realize it might be spoilery and, you know, and not done the best job I could have with that. Yeah, I think you have been better with that more recently than you have in the past. I think that more, more recently, you've you've kind of gone for the punchline. You almost use you, the panel that you choose as, I don't know, like like how a hashtag can be like the joke punchline to the sure. actual yes. statement in the tweet, uh-huh. and and so the the dialogue especially that you choose to take out of context can sometimes like reinforce what it is that you were saying, right? I see what you did there. I appreciate it most of the time. <laughs> when I don't totally fucking mute you on Wednesdays because, oh my god, Aaron, you read all the comics. Yeah, well, so that's no excuse for you not to. <laughs> but I, that's not that's not what everybody does. And so you you keep it to a single tweet and I I can opt out. Like, I do sometimes mute you out of love because I just don't have the like mental bandwidth to deal with what you're talking about right now all the comics not going to read them on wednesday maybe i'll read them on thursday maybe i'll read them on saturday so i don't i don't want to see it yet Mm -hmm. there's that's a feature that twitter allows to like for that very purpose right so whose fault is it then to be spoiled well, that goes back to like my my sort of self examination with Plutona and and what I ended up doing last Wednesday was was remove myself from the conversation, which was a passive conversation anyway. Like I wasn't involved in it, 
but there were a number of people talking about several books that I was actually excited about reading and that in the case of Mockingbird, I had already seen enough to be like, my appetite is so fucking whetted. I don't need any more. At this point, it's going to like, at this point, I'm, I'm getting enough of this, the, the actual storyline out of context that I like, what's the point of me reading the book at this point? Right. I mean, that's how it's essentially how I feel with like a lot of criticism and social common, you know, social movement things too. Sometimes I hit such a critical mass of the, of the outrage influx that the, Mm -hmm. the valid, you know, the the valid cause I don't care about anymore (laughs) because it's like, I've just been, I've just hit a point of like, okay, I'm just, I'm indifferent now. So that's, that's unfortunate because in all of these cases, we're talking about comics that are really worth our time Mm -hmm. and, causes that are really worth our time and i'm not going to use the word outrage because that right away implies that you've made a judgment that it's not worth your time so i think think you're right i think think it comes there are things worth being outraged over oh come on like that word at this point is never used as a compliment it's never okay fine no one's like good job with your outrage that was really productive (laughs) Well, a well thought out out and thoughtful outrage you put, you put out there. Right. So, so then, yes, like Twitter is a means of sharing joy and excitement and enthusiasm about things. It's a means for sharing anger and frustration and, and yes, outrage. But I, I have begun to like, I guess, curate my exposure a little bit more strategically because because it otherwise it it's too much it, it, it is I, I, i'm 100 percent on board i think this was just the natural evolution of social media becoming such a ubiquitous part of our com- daily conversation yeah that you have to you have to censor your own news feeds in order to be able to kind of <laughs> stay part of it Otherwise, but again, it just becomes too overwhelming. There's nothing wrong with that because no. because it's not me saying like please don't do that to somebody else. It's me saying I'm good. I don't need that right now, yeah. but maybe I'll I'll catch it later. Yeah, I mean the tools I use for especially for Twitter, I have all kinds of filters set up for stuff that I'm I'm going to be into it. I'm not going to watch it live with everyone else, especially it's mostly TV shows. Mhm. Um I just have all those filters set up because I don't want to see anyone else's reactions until I've seen it. Well, so that comes back to the spoiler conversation, though, of, like, how much how much of that truly does detract from, like, what is actually a spoiler? It, can a single panel be a spoiler? Yes. Can, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 panels taken out of context, but but it but presented uh, linear linearly for for um, for your readers be a spoiler absolutely but does that even matter? Um, it it depends. I think this goes back to to people. I think it always comes back. To it people. comes back to people. But Fucking here's people. here's how I think of it. That that's why I'm tr- I try to be careful about how I promote things that I'm interested in that I found very that I found cool is that there's I mean it's low stakes but you have that responsibility to your audience Mm -hmm. to enhance the enjoyment that they'll find in something that you've recommended without detracting detracting from that at the same time that's Mm -hmm. that's my personal thing I think some people Maybe they, like, you know, even though it's public, maybe their Twitter feed is just every panel of something that they're reading, and they don't care who might be looking at it. I don't know what the the takeaway from doing something like that is, but, you know, you will find an audience that might want that, I guess. But I would, I would think it's probably safe to say that most people don't. Do people use Twitter for the audience? 
I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, it is... People care about who, how many people are following them, who's interacting with them, what audience... I mean, I personally am very careful about what I curate on different feeds. I've got six different Twitter accounts, and I put out different things on each of them depending on what, you know, what kind of thing I'm engaging. Do we do the podcast for the listeners, Aaron? Um, 50-50. I wouldn't do this in a vacuum if no one was listening. <laughs> okay. It, I mean, let's be frank. It's too much work. No, I, I completely agree with that. I just... I, I, I think what I said before stands, that I've been mulling over the way that I engage with and the way that I communicate about the media that I consume. Yeah. And... And and with that comes the way that I want to engage with other people's conversations about it. And and it's all good. Like, we all get to decide what we want from it. And I, I, don't, I don't know why it took me so long to, uh, I guess, embrace multiple models simultaneously. Like, sometimes I want, want it one way, and sometimes I want it another way, so... Well, I would say it's a all it's a whole new you. <laughs> in so many ways. All new, all different. What is all different? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, let's get to our third book finally. Sure. third book this week is Toil and Trouble number one. It's written by Marguerite Scott with art by Kelly and Nicole Matthews. Lettering is by Warren Montgomery. Toil and Trouble is a six-issue miniseries published by Arkea, an imprint of Boom Comics. Okay, so this is the three witches from Macbeth. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> told from their perspective. Jeez, it's like you learn It's totally nothing. spoilers. It's like the whole whole premise though is i mean my my note that i made for this book which uh i read quite a while ago and then reread this week i i read a um preview copy of it and then i reread it and i i i dig it i'm like super in i think everything about it is awesome but i i thought in between Man, I should go back and reread Macbeth. Well, you're not yeah, even you're like, not supposed to say Macbeth while you're doing a performance. That's high. Like, can we talk about what the fucking rules are for saying <laughs> Macbeth and how it relates to theater and not a goddamn podcast? And I, please, I like to think of this please. as the theater of the internet. It's the theater of the absurd is what it okay. is. I'll take that. My point was, I had this, like, grand plan. Like, sure, yeah, I'm going to go pick up and casually reread Macbeth, because whoever says right. that. Um, I didn't. Spoilers. Definitely didn't. And actually now, re rereading this issue, I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that what I have instead of a, of a, a direct, like, knowledge of the source of the adaptation is instead kind of like a, like a nostalgia. Like my memories of Macbeth, um, I designed it a hundred thousand years ago. I have in my past life read it, uh, probably four or five times. And there was a point when I like knew it very, very well. I've seen a number of different adaptations. But skip to the end. I've got the brain of a goldfish, and I have so much else in my head right now that I'm not able to access, like some of the complexities of that story readily. And I don't care at all because what I have is enough. It's enough prior knowledge for this to be really fucking sweet, but not enough to be dangerous. And and I think that of these three books today. Like this is, this is the ideal combination of something that seems familiar in a comforting and exciting way. So I'm like so 
into finding out how this how this is how this is going to unfold but i have just enough awareness of the like atmosphere to be extra on board and that's a very difficult thing to pull off yeah i it's, I think, it's also a very personal thing no I, no I think well yes but i think um my relationship with the play is pretty close to yours too i mean not that i put on productions or anything like that but weren't you like an english major right exactly it, it, it doesn't matter if you're like a useless theater major or you're getting your degree in english literature Oh my God, judgment, Aaron. Um, I'm just saying. I mean, it's not me. It's academia. It's not useless. Well, let's just. How are you using your English degree? Well, I I speak eloquently to you. Now mm-hmm. on a semi-quarterly basis. Oh, burn! <laughs> That's where the fire comes. And in, you should see some of the um, technical, you know, uh, reports that I write up for work. <laughs> perfect thesis statements you know they're, they're built out just great so is Macbeth a draw for you like your your nostalgia or your prior knowledge of Macbeth is that something that rather than being a spoiler is that something to get you to give this a try I'm sure because it's exce- I haven't read Macbeth in probably 15 years or not yeah, more yeah, yeah same but it's all it's a very accessible play the the, the main kind of points stick with you so the characters were familiar enough that you know you know where the story of Macbeth is and where this comic is changing that. Okay. And if you've never read either, then I think it's not a lot of like the hooks and stuff aren't gonna matter. Like if you haven't read Macbeth ever, you can still dive into this without a problem? You can dive into it, but I think the the hook isn't isn't going to really land. Wow, that's that's a hell of a required reading. <laughs> kind of. I mean, you got to figure, like, Macbeth is pretty ubiquitously taught in high school. You know, it's kind of the... It's either that, and usually in conjunction, you'll have, you know, Romeo and Juliet and Macbeth. No, Hamlet. I, I maybe it's a toss-up between the two, because Hamlet's a lot longer, and I think harder. I think Hamlet is doesn't have the political intrigue that Macbeth has and so it it's I think Julius Caesar is pretty common because it's like single source political intrigue um Romeo and Juliet is common because it's popular and approachable and Hamlet because it is more frequently referenced in pop culture Hmm. and while while there is intrigue it's familial I mean, it has implications for ruling, but it's not... This is complex. This is multiple factions, and this is, you know, multiple nations, and and there's... I mean, Hamlet, is it? I, 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 Hamlet I think has way more, is... way more characters and way more different pieces moving around. I don't know. Regardless, so... In my, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Andrea, you're wrong. Let's talk about something well, else. Hi, Aaron. Nice to talk to you At least in my education, again. Macbeth came up more than Hamlet. Hamlet, mm-hmm. I didn't read till college. Oh, wow. You know, not till like a later college what course. What kind of school system did you graduate from? Um, it was a West Coast school, so we tended to deal with kind of more interesting topics than a lot of like the East Coast educational systems. Smoked a lot of weed, went to class when you felt like it. I know what California schools are like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway, I would say you could read this, and most people probably have kind of these sort of cursory touches with the story anyway. Mm-hmm. But you're 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 gonna get a lot more enjoyment out of reading this if you are familiar with the play. Okay, I, I guess again I would like to. I'd be curious to hear from from people who have like no touchstone with the play whatsoever, who liked this and really enjoyed it, and and if it if it spurs any desire to go back and like do homework. Well, it's like, it's like you could, plenty of people like Clueless. You didn't have to, you know, know the Taming of the Shrew. 
I think that's a very different... Wait. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Isn't Clueless Taming of the Shoe, or is it Ten Things? That... Yeah. It's one of the... T- it's Yeah, I'm right. I almost let that go. <laughs> I almost, almost let that go past, and it's just... Oh... I, I'm dying a little bit inside here. Why? What's 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 clueless? English major? No, no, man, no. You're not gonna tell him. Go do your homework. It is. Go. It's not Richard. It's go. not Richard the <laughs> Third. Uh, awesome. I think we're done. I really. I, oh I no! Can't. It's ten things I hate about you, isn't it? Isn't that taming the yeah. show? Yeah. Go ahead and look up. Uh, look up clueless. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> You're I work adorable. on servers. I don't care about my English degree you, anymore. You were just so proud of your English well, degree. Well, yeah, I'm pr- pr- proud I did it. <laughs> Check that yeah, box I got off. the piece of paper. <laughs> I read good. I wrote good. But it, it is, I, I, I guess, just going back to, like, what, what I, what excites me about starting, uh, about the beginning of a, of a new comic about the beginning of a new series or mini series or you know ongoing or whatever, is this the sweet spot in Toil and Trouble, which is I I don't think it's something that I can necessarily predict, and I don't think that it is something that is uh, like there's not a recipe in that I could I could uh, replicate it or I could guarantee the replication of it, but it's. It's one part almost spoiler, one part like comfort and familiarity, and then one part part like really fantastic actual work done by the creative team. Oh, I didn't know it was an adaptation of Emma. <laughs> Jane Austen for the win. Ugh, I don't really like Jane Austen, so that's why. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I'm a little sad that you looked that up because as soon as no, we I, finish I just recording, knew like, I'm gonna get... I was going to start sending you all kinds of images. Not only that, if people actually listen to the show, I don't want to have like, you know, 200 tweets of, oh, you're an idiot, he's <laughs> not Shakespeare, it's Emma, and then I'm be, like, have to set up some sort of auto response or auto block or something like that. <laughs> you say that like you've had to do that in the past. Well, this is why it's been nice to have a vacation from the show. Ah, uh, wow. Your legions of... of theater major followers um you're welcome (laughs) sure anything else for you know general housekeeping or this show's falling apart now it's cool see you had Uh, to say Macbeth, and now the show is falling apart mm -hmm. have you read anything else this these this summer that maybe outside of your weekly or monthly um, comics that like really stands out as being fabulous. Yeah, but I don't remember. You know, I can't pull things. Okay. Well, days until you know, unless it stays within that. I was gonna give you the opportunity to say like, yeah, Andrew, you should totally go back and read this or make sure that you check this out. But like, whatever, dude. Craig Thompson has a new kids book out, and you like all ages, so perhaps you should check it out. I do. I do. I like ages that range from 37 down to 10. That's your 37 Jakarta? Hmm. No. I was just pointedly including you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. Yeah, to point out that I had a birthday recently. You did? Thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks. Did you get anything from me? I think so. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. I don't think I did. I don't think, like, I, I just really said I think so, in case I forgot what you gave me. I sent you something earlier in the summer, though, didn't I? Mm. Fuck, Aaron, I don't remember. Like, I'm You did so send excited. me something earlier in the summer because you had all that stuff that you were supposed to send me a year ago. That's not true. I sent you that stuff, like, six months oh, ago. see, time is so, like, fluid for me. Like, it doesn't feel Whatever. like it's been months since we've talked. I just kind of go along. It was like riding a bike. It really was. An oh, angry, God. flaming bike through a pothole <laughs> that travels to the depths of hell. It Yes. Okay. All right, well, let's try to do this again next week. Yeah, yeah. Should we say the thing that we always say? Um, yes, you can. <laughs> 
I don't remember it. <laughs> remember to pre-order your books with your local shop or order them digitally. Aaron is always right. Andrea is wrong. And we'll see you next week. And check the website, comicstherapy.com, for any information about the books that we talked about today or any other chatter about the two of us that you're so inclined to read. Yeah. So now we'll see you next week. Cool. Thank you. Goodbye. Make me feel so free. Make me feel like me. Yeah, it lights my life with love. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, it feels.